Hello, the initiated. My name is Marcus Junikla, and this is the Be a Better Artist podcast. In this episode, I thought we might tackle the topic of attitude. On this podcast, we've many times talked about the importance of acting in a certain way, despite how you're feeling. We've touched on the fact that when you're feeling certain things, when you have certain emotions, to try and deny them is doing a disservice to you. To try and say they're not there, they're not real, that doesn't put you in a very good position because you're trying to deny the truth. And every time you do that, you're not actually positioned in such a way that you can interface with reality. And therefore, you can do very little to actually change the situation. So you need to connect yourself to the truth as comprehensively and as fast as possible. And from that position onwards, you can make a decision about what you want to do despite those emotions. Now, as we've talked about emotions being real, emotions are very low resolution things. They are tremendous at giving you a broad notification of the fact that something's going on, but they're not necessarily very good at telling you precisely what is going on and importantly, why it's happening. They don't necessarily have much relevance in terms of what is correct or what is true in terms of how you should be acting and responding in the real world. Just because you're scared doesn't mean you should cower and hide. Just because you lost, let's say, or you failed at something, those emotions aren't proof of the fact that you should never attempt that thing again. Or if you're sad, it doesn't mean everything associated to the topic that triggered that sadness, that all of that should be avoided. And just because you're happy or excited about something doesn't mean it proves and states the full extent of the situation that caused that excitement or that happiness or that good feeling. So even when emotions are real, they don't necessarily tell us how it is that we should be acting. And many times on this podcast, we've talked about how you can still act in a different way in opposition to the emotions that you're currently feeling. I can be scared, yet I can choose to take action that embodies courage or bravery. Or I can feel sad, but still choose to take action that leads to happiness for either myself or someone else. Or I can be frustrated and tired and angry, but that doesn't mean I need to be those things to other people around me. Or it doesn't mean I need to be those things to myself. Despite those emotions, I can still choose a different set of actions that don't reflect those emotions. So I can choose to do something for someone else. And maybe I can get a smile out of them or a thank you. I can brighten up their day. And guess what that's going to do for me? It's going to make me feel better as well. And my whole situation has suddenly changed. Or I can feel tired and sort of down, but I can still go to the gym and work out and feel completely different afterwards. Or I can come to the studio and I can feel unaccomplished. I can feel sort of crappy about myself, but then I work for a moment and I do something great and suddenly 
everything is different. I feel inspired. I feel good about myself and the work I put into it. So you can quickly begin to see that if we always just follow how we're feeling, then we don't have any agency in our lives. We don't have any control. We're always just responding to how we're feeling right now. It's important to understand that that thing can be played with. Like with the examples that I mentioned, we can still act and get something new out of it. One of the problems is that people don't have knowledge. They don't have enough experience with the process of taking control. And it's simply due to the lack of repetitions and time. Those two things really make a big, big difference. Most of the things that we take for granted, we think are just the way life is and how things work. Much of that comes down to repetitions over time. It's just like working out. You go to the gym, you have a certain weight, you do that for certain reps, and you do that for months or years on end. And you can build muscle and strength that way. We build our minds the exact same way. We live our lives, we do repetitions over and over again over an extended period of time, and our minds grow as a result of that. The difference is our minds change depending on what runs and exercises through our mind. So that's going to be your internal self-talk. That's going to be the ideas that you think about and try and work on. It's going to be the ideas that you expose yourself to. So that could be books, podcasting, the people around you. You are continuously working out your mind and what you expose it to and the reps you do with that are going to determine what you're like. Your outlook on life is going to have a tremendous effect on how your mind sharpens, how it orients itself and how it develops. So you really want to be as mindful of that as possible. And you want to do the kind of workouts and the kind of reps that align with your idea of who you want to be, what the potential best version of you is. And if you're not mindful of this, then it's very likely you're going to default into the default system, which unfortunately for us as human beings, at least tends to tip towards the negative. And there are very good reasons for that because that negativity keeps you alive. It has done that throughout our development as a species. Negativity has a lot of upside as well. Uh, it's good to be reserved in certain regards. It's good to assess things with a different eye. It's good to be prepared and consider all different aspects that might be involved with whatever you're looking at. So negativity absolutely has its place and time. But if you're not careful, if you're not mindful, it's very likely it's going to seep into just about every aspect of your life. So you have to teach yourself when to change your outlook. It doesn't mean you're supposed to be naive or unrealistic or ignorant. It simply means that you'll have the ability to adjust your outlook in relation to things in an appropriate manner. You need to give things an opening so that they can be fully explored, so that they can show you what they truly are, because many things do have upsides. And if you want to build anything, if you want to be creative, if you want to move upwards in life, you also need to make space for the good 
openings so that things can move, things can grow. And if you're completely negative about everything in life, that's never going to happen. So you need to learn when to open up and entertain a new possibility, a new option, when to give it a chance, when to give it some time or resources or attention. And that way something can go in there and you can build something new. You can create something new. So if we can act differently in contrast to the things we're feeling right now in a way that counters and mitigates the emotions that we're having right now, what are some of the things we can do to facilitate that? And one of the things that absolutely comes into play at this stage is attitude. Now, what is attitude? For a lot of people, I would estimate that attitude is just something that you naively, ignorantly decide. And it's something that a lot of people just glue on top of ignorance and not knowing any better, despite all the shit that is underneath and probably should be looked at or addressed. And as far as I can tell, to me, an attitude seems to be a perspective. It's a take on something. And this is something that a lot of modern people perhaps struggle with because they'd like to make things in life black and white. There are many things that are true about life, but in terms of trying to find this one absolute truth that caters to all different situations and conditions and different people, I don't think it's possible to find that. You need to define your priorities. You need to define the framework that you want to be dealing with. And in that framework, you need to make priorities. It's impossible to make decisions in life if you don't prioritize. And we all prioritize. We all have a hierarchy of importance and we act accordingly to that. Now, I would say people aren't horribly conscious of what their hierarchy actually is because a lot of the time we can state a hierarchy and still act in a different way, which to me exposes the real hierarchy that you have instead of the one you state. Now, when you're looking at attitudes and trying to figure out what is the right attitude to have, you have to state your goals. You have to state your priorities. You have to state your hierarchy. And I think this is what a lot of modern people struggle with because they'd like to see a black and white reality, a black and white truth. This is what's most important. This is what should be done. This is what matters the most. And in that kind of a framework, it becomes pointless to actually state attitudes. There's only one attitude and it's following the pursuit and completion of this absolute truth hierarchy. And indeed, if you look at the dictionary, the definition for attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling about something. So it's a fixed focus. It doesn't state what is true and what is not. It simply states that a position is fixed. So attitudes are tools we humans use to pursue a given goal. And how do attitudes form? They come from beliefs. They come from accepting that something is true. And we build beliefs out of experiences. And yes, we can also build them from what we read, what we learn, what we study. And what's important about beliefs 
as a term is that we can't absolutely prove that they are correct. There is at least some level of haziness or vagueness or something that we can't absolutely prove as being true. Now, that doesn't mean you can't with high confidence and accuracy estimate that it's true. But due to its non-absolute nature, we can't simply say that it's a truth. So we have to say that it's a belief. So due to hopefully sufficient evidence, you have trust, you have faith in the fact that these things are true. Now, due to that belief, you can either have or build an attitude towards the things that that belief is addressing or that belief is leaning against. Now, attitudes can form subconsciously, sort of on their own, by the side, or you can form attitudes actively. And I think actually this secondary method is something that is tremendously underused. Now, I think attitudes should be things that you can turn on and off, hopefully at will, if at all possible. Because oftentimes it tends to be the case that people think of attitudes as fixed things. And they're often seen in a negative light, oftentimes because people can be quite blind when it comes to their attitudes. Instead of deploying them as tools, people can often be at the mercy. They can be victims of their own attitudes. They become so fixed and so absolute that they find it difficult for their mind to escape that hold. So in a situation where you're going through feelings and emotions that aren't perhaps resourceful or pleasant for you, and you do want to operate in a different way, first of all, knowing that emotions can be true, but not reflect what it is that you should be doing, that's important. You should have proof of the things that you actually do want to do, despite whatever you're feeling or going through in life. What is the value of those things and why you should and want to be doing them, despite whatever might be going on in your life. Therefore, you can tell that these are worthwhile efforts, despite how I'm feeling. These things are all well and good to understand. And indeed, they are the foundation that this process should be built upon. But attitudes are essentially a collection of micro mental focuses that you can deploy, hopefully at will. Attitude is a certain perspective. It's a certain selection of ideas and lenses through which you're looking at something. You're going to contextualize what you're looking at through this certain frame, through these certain lenses and through that lens in relation to your goal, where you want to be going, you can see what actions along the way would need to be deployed against that goal from this position that you currently occupy. So an attitude is a way of doing something, a way of moving through something. And what's beautiful about attitudes, if deployed in this sort of a way, is that they can rekindle new emotions. They can spark and breathe new life into your current position. It's just like in a movie or a video game, when you see a shot, let's say, of a, of a sequence that's happening, a cutscene, if you will. The selected framing that they're using, what they're showing, and from which position, that gives certain context to the situation at hand. It isn't arbitrary 
what filmmakers choose for a certain scene. Everything is thought through and everything is enforcing a certain perspective. And when you bring an attitude to the table, despite what you're feeling, is you are forcing a lens and a frame onto whatever situation you're going through. You're recontextualizing what is worth paying attention to here. And that recontextualization can spark contrast between where you are now and what the frame is that you're trying to impose upon this situation. And that friction can create new energy. And therefore, the more attitudes we have at our disposal, the bigger our toolkit is that we can deploy in life against all of these situations that we're going through in life. And indeed, life throws a number of different curveballs at you. Every day can be different. Not only are the things different that are happening around you, but you're feeling a different way every day. Some days are great. Some days, not so much. Some days you're feeling really, really crappy. So the more different attitudes you have at your disposal, the more you can counter these situations in life and look at, hmm, what would be an attitude that I could deploy right now to make the most out of this situation? Again, it doesn't mean the attitude you're picking up is the end-all be-all correct truth about what you're looking at. Because a number of truths can be true when it comes to the situation. It simply depends on your priorities, depends on your hierarchies. Now, again, I'm not saying you should deploy whatever attitude you want to pursue your nefarious, malicious uh, intent. Of course, I want you to be morally sound and morally just. We're obviously assuming here that you're not using these to your own psychopathic uh, or sociopathic ends or narcissistic or whatever else that may be. But even in the healthy, morally sound spectrum of how we prioritize our lives and what is the hierarchy that we choose to uphold and work with, even in that, there's a lot of variance in what you believe to be the biggest priority versus what I do. And that's fundamentally a good thing because it brings balance to the world. Just because something is less important for me in terms of what kind of decision I would do right now doesn't mean it's not an important thing and doesn't mean it's not important to millions if not billions of people in the world and there's also the matter of time and place maybe prioritizing what i would prioritize right now brings the most good out of the situation right now but it's not going to be the same tomorrow or next week or next month but fundamentally i think this challenge is balanced by the fact that we are all innately different we're all innately different people. We value different things. And if all of us work to uphold and build the things that are important to us, I believe based on what I've seen in life is that that brings balance to all things. That brings balance to life. And that's why I'm a huge proponent of people having sufficient selfishness when it comes to pursuing their big term goals in life. What is it that you want to achieve during your lifetime? Because life is short and we can do far less than what we think. And making any kind of a significant positive change is far more difficult than what people 
tend to think on average. So if you dedicate yourself to a single pursuit of trying to genuinely improve one thing in life, I think you're probably doing more good that way than trying to scramble around doing a bunch of different things extremely poorly, never really realizing how hard it is actually to improve anything in the world. And that focusing on your narrow slice gives you an actual chance to contribute to the world and try and make it just a tiny bit better. And a big part of that is following your own interests. And in that sense, you need to be selfish. You need to make enough space for those things so that they get done, so that you're actually working on those issues. And through that selfish interest in something, you can actually create something that benefits others. And I would really strongly recommend people try and find things like that in their life. Life is so complex and convoluted that we really shouldn't be too eager to deal judgment onto things in terms of what is selfish and what is not, because zooming back, taking a few steps back can really reveal a different picture and context. And I'm not saying selfishness isn't a real thing. It absolutely is. And I have a lot of personal experience from that. So I also certainly know the unresourceful uh, paths that that can uh, lead to. And I'm sure many of you do as well. But with certain deep drives and passions where you want to build and create and explore and research something, there's a lot to be said about making sure you have enough time and effort and resources towards those things, because through that deep curiosity and interest can come something fantastic. So to sum this up, attitudes should be tools. They should be perspectives that you can deploy at will to make sure you make the most of any given situation that you're in. Doesn't mean they're correct and true at every single level of analysis when it comes to life in its full complexity, but they do enforce a truth, a truth between where you are right now and where you want to go as a focus, as per defined by you. And in that chase, in that pursuit, there is a truth that optimally serves you moving into that outcome. And that's really worthwhile thinking about because life is hard and complex and difficult to navigate. And oftentimes we can get stuck in this endless web of perspectives and truths. And we simply cycle through them over and over again, never really getting anywhere. We're really treading water at that point. And we're so obsessed and neurotic about what is the absolute truth in this situation? How should I act? What should I do? And that instinct is a good one to have. It's a good thing that people are focused on what is true and correct. But depending on your perspective, depending on your priorities, depending on your hierarchy of importance, there are different answers to that. Depending on what you want to achieve and when and how, all of those things play into what is the correct answer. And again, you are not going to prioritize things the same way the other person is. And that's going to lead to specific outcomes. And those outcomes are going to be useful not only for you, but for other people in specific ways. Whereas the person next to you is going to do things differently because they have different priorities 
uh, and, and hierarchies. And that's going to benefit them and a set of different people in a different way. And that's a richness. That's a good thing. And the more we have different types of people out there doing their own thing, as according to their well-researched and tried and tested truth in terms of what they want to spend their life on, that's a good thing. We want the diversity of people to go out there and do their own thing because that's going to benefit other people. And we are far more different and strange than what we tend to think. So to cater all those needs, we need different people out there doing their own thing. And in that pursuit, a lot of days, a lot of moments are going to be tough. And in relation to that goal that not only you want to see, but perhaps tens, hundreds, thousands, if not millions of people, they also want to see that outcome come to pass. And in that pursuit of trying to get to that outcome, you need to deploy the tools that allow you to move into that direction. And one of the best ways of doing that is to collect and garner attitudes that allow you to recontextualize the situation you're in so that you can energize yourself, you can motivate yourself, you can make yourself focus, make yourself disciplined and driven to get to that endpoint. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. Finish.